Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Do you frequently take things the wrong way? Do you explode in fits of anger over the littlest of things? Do others say that you make a mountain out of a molehill? If you can honestly answer yes to any one of these questions, you may be easily offended. But don't worry, there's hope. In this special episode for April 1st, we're going to explore offense. We're going to look at what it means to be offended and then look at what it means to be unoffendable. But before we get started, Will, what's been offending you this week? Uh, Entity framework migrations. Mm. Yeah. Like when they work, they work great. But when they don't work, (laughs) they completely ruin everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just had a, we had a situation where you know, I, I made a migration to change some fields and you got to do like, you know, we push daily. So you push once to add the new names of the fields and copy the values over. And then the next day you'll push to delete the old column. So you kind of have to do like a two phased deal. Well, I didn't see a view that was referencing that field. Okay. And I had lots of fun because of that, because views <laughs> until they're accessed, they're not going to blow up from that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, it gets out to, it actually made it out to CI, I think. It didn't get all the way out to production, but it was still not very helpful. <laughs> so, yeah, we were we were talking about how this this task, you know, we go from, like, in progress to wrapping. And we called it the uh, wrapping hokey pokey. <laughs> I mean, because it just was in and out, in and out. We're just like, man, this is awful. So, how about you? I cut my hair. It's not an April Fool's joke. I actually got a haircut. Uh, I really cut, like, six to eight inches off. Uh, it's still below my shoulder, so it's still pretty long, but it looks a lot healthier. You know, I had the the split ends going. I hadn't gotten it cut since uh, pre-COVID, honestly. So it was, it was looking kind of uh, raggedy, I guess. Yeah. So that, that was cool. After two years of IRS headaches, I actually had someone do my taxes for me. That was uh, not very painful. I mean, you know, I, I went in, I had to wear a mask the whole time, but I went in with my documentation. She filled out the form. I'm like, why am I not doing this for myself? But then, you know, because the podcast has been making money and the accounts are in my name, uh, the financial accounts are, I was like, all right, I'm concerned that this is going to be like affect my taxes and stuff. And so, she looked at it and we took a loss last year. So they didn't affect my taxes negatively. So that was good. It was just like, like, all right, well, I'm paying someone for that information basically. Cause everything else, I'm like, I could have filled this out online, but you know, it was nice having that. And next year I'll probably do it again because, uh, we may not take a loss with the podcast next year. We'll see what happens. And, you know, there's like a 99.99999% chance we will have, you know, a business 
out of the podcast next year. So yeah. And that complicates it and it's better to avoid the audits. Mm-hmm. You're, that's what you're paying for is to have somebody have your back. Should you yeah. get audited? Exactly. So, which is good that I established the, the client relationship this year when I don't like, you know, before we do it. And so next year I, I go back and it'll just be like, okay, well we created a business out of it because we're, we're actually getting an income. It's more than just a hobby now and that kind of stuff. So that was good. Um, got some good advice from her. Uh, so that was, that was nice. Uh, oh, so Verizon. Here it comes. We've been having trouble getting online at certain, certain areas, certain times. And so I called the tech help and they're automated. Like, well, first off, I called the, got a hold of someone and like level one. And she was like, oh, well, I need you to verify or allow me access to your account. So I'm going to send you this link via text. I'm like, and how am I supposed to do that? She's like, well, you go online. I'm like, with what? The reason I called is because I can't go online. And she's like, well, don't you have Wi-Fi? I was like, not where I'm at. That's why I was trying to use my phone data. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it got escalated and turns out it like the reason it's happening is because of our our plan is such that when the towers are under load, we get pushed to the bottom. Oh. And so, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to cost like $15 more a month per phone to get that uh, remedied. Good. You didn't need to call uh 911 or anything. Well, the, the telephone service is working. It's okay. the data plan. That's not. Yeah. So I think we're paying 40 a month per, per line for it for 55 a month. I can get, get that plus ESPN and Disney plus and all this other junk that I don't really need. Well, we have Disney plus, but anyway, yeah, it's a, uh, it's crazy. We're looking at it because like my mom doesn't use data that much. And the only other two on the plan are myself and Amanda. And I'm like, well, they got two different options there. One gets us all these free streaming services and one gets us a tablet. We might do one of each and get ourselves a tablet. What'd you see? <laughs> or a smartwatch. You know, I could go for an Apple watch. Well, it's like 50% off the watch because those things are expensive apparently, but whatever. I and I could go for an Apple watch. I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we do. Many people have trouble separating their opinions from their inner sense of self. When someone opposes or insults that opinion, they perceive it as a threat or insult to who they are instead of to a thought or opinion that they hold. An easily offended person takes on the role of the victim or surrogate victim. If they are not the target of the perceived insult. At its core, being easily offended comes from unchecked or even unknown insecurity. The unoffendable person values relationships more than the feelings of insult or even the feeling of being correct. They may find what the offender has done to be hurtful or offensive, yet they value that relationship more than their own feelings and the sense of offense. Uh, they are able to set their feelings aside to address the actual issue at hand and not be driven by fear and shame. There is a very big difference between being insulted and verbal or psychological abuse. Uh, In this, we're not talking about standing up for yourself if you're being abused. That's not being offended. 
We're talking about being overly sensitive or looking for insult in something when none was intended. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of an outline with points to hit like one after the other, it contains a set of prompts for us to use in the discussion about being unoffendable. We broke it down into four sections. The first two are about being offended and understanding what offense means. And the last two are about understanding what it means to be unoffendable. Uh, We may not hit on every talking point under each subject, but they will all be in the show notes. We'll continue the conversation with a discussion about tips to becoming unoffendable in a public aftercast that you'll be able to find on Patreon after the show airs. So what does it mean to be offended? There's several pieces here. The dictionary definition is probably the best one to start with, and that is resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. Yeah, and there's a a couple of things here that I, I want to break down in this definition. You know, the first thing is resentful or annoyed. Yeah, the it's you know, it's the feels thing, right? right? So this this is different from somebody does something and you realize they're not the person you thought they were or that you can't trust them because of, you know, like you, you see something that is, Hey, I got to get out of this situation. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. And you can have your feelings hurt that that is perfectly fine. Like, well, that's not perfectly fine, but that is, that is an okay feeling to have. It's, we're not saying you should never get your feelings hurt. You should let like everything. No, it, it is okay to experience that sense. It's being offended is more like how you react to it. Right. It, it's like getting into this emotional state of resentfulness and like where you go on the offense, basically. Yeah. You go on the attack because of, and that this is the next thing, a perceived insult. And I, I like that it uses the word perceived there because. You know, it it's one thing if it is a legitimate insult. I mean, Will and I have both been insulted many, many, many times throughout our lives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In multiple languages, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I was actually listing those out the other day for my daughter, and she's, you know, sits there and I'm, she's like, okay, what languages have you been, you know, insulted in? And I'm like, Japanese, Chinese, Turkish, German, Norwegian, Icelandic, Spanish. Portuguese, French, Russian, Ukrainian, Farsi, <laughs> Tagalog, <laughs> Korean. You know, she's like, "Wow, you're an awful person." I'm like, "No, I just, I've just been around a lot of people." <laughs> you're a culturally diverse insultee. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm really kind of a universal experience, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But no, it's it's that that term perceived that I really wanted to focus on here because it may not even be a an insult. Like the person may not have intended an insult, but what they do or what they say is viewed as an insult by the offended person. And that's going to be something that kind of goes throughout this episode uh, that we talk about. So now what is going on? When a person becomes offended, like what's going on inside of them? 
and they typically respond as if it's an attack on them, even if it's not directed towards them. So you'll see people get really, really offended on behalf of somebody else who doesn't care. That's uh, I've had to deal with that more often than not, where somebody's like, well, you shouldn't talk to him that way. And I'm like, that's doesn't bother me at all. In fact, that actually kind of happened uh, with your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Where she was just giving me crap because that's how we all communicate with each other. And somebody else was like, oh, but you know him well enough to do that. And they're like really concerned. And it's like, no, we're like, this is how we yeah. are. Well, that's like um, our friend Jason. His grandmother once asked, she was like, why do you like hanging out with him? He's so mean to you. And Jason's like, he's not mean. He treats me like a normal person because... Jason had cystic fibrosis and a lot of people treated him like, you know, he was going to break at the slightest touch or the slightest mean thing would like throw him over the edge. And it was like, Oh no, I just treated him like one of the guys because he was just one of the guys, you know? And, and it wasn't an, you know, and it wasn't even being mean. It was more just like giving him a hard time and, and that kind of thing. And, and so you'll see, honestly, I think people get more offended for other people than they ever do for themselves. Most people. Yeah. You'll also see when a person tends to think very highly of themselves or someone else and the, what they consider offensive contradicts their self view. Yeah. So like, you know, they think they're very good about like very good at something. And like someone says something or does something that points out that they're not as good as they think they are. Yeah, where they think they're high class and um, other people should defer to them. And like they, they walk in a dive bar and somebody goes, now you just hold on a minute, honey. <laughs> I've I've seen that one once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a story I can't tell on here. But, uh, you know, I, I will also say that the person that got offended was still talking about it like six months later because yeah, it just really got under them. Let me guess the person who did the offense the the act that offended that person didn't even remember him six months later uh it was i don't think that bouncer remembered her probably i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was just really i mean to be fair the guy looked like he'd been hit in the head a few times so remembering anybody might have been tricky yeah also like outside situations not related to the perceived insult um, or perceived offense, because it may not even be an insult that, that causes it, but the perceived offense can lead to a person being more offendable. Like they may be in a bad mood. They may have life situations going on. Their stress level may be high. You know, their wife might be pregnant and on edge. They might have a brand new baby and not getting much sleep. They might have just gone through a divorce. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen in a person's personal life that can leave them more susceptible to taking offense. Yeah. And including other minor offenses. Yeah. You know, like Uh, if if this is the third time somebody's, you know, talked down to you today and it wasn't the the same person, you might explode at that third one, even though it's rather mild, you know, it's like they, they weren't meaning to be rough just because, you know, the Starbucks uh, barista mispronounced your name and you stubbed your toe and you got a parking ticket. And, you know, you're three minutes late. Your boss, you know, gives you a hard time for being three minutes late, even though, you know, they don't care about it. And then this coworker that you already really don't 
overly like that much, says something minor, and it's on. No. Well, the other thing, misery loves company, and so does offense. Yeah, people that are offended tend to try to get other people to be offended with them about the same thing. This dynamic can be observed any day on Twitter. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> any time you want to observe it, just find one of the big hashtags that's up there and go look. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's funny the things that like I'll look at. I'm like, I don't like. Sometimes I'll see something. I'm like, okay, I can understand where you're coming from there. Sometimes I'm like, I think you're just looking to be offended. Well, the thing that always gets me is like it'll be these these people in this uh, you know interaction. Like, you know, the people on Twitter are commenting about it and it's about two celebrities or three, you know, three or four celebrities get into it over something. And I'm looking at the list of celebrities and I swear I sound like a pack of owls. Who? 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 (laughs) 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 I'm like having to look these people up on Wikipedia and I'm, you know, like I'm having to research when people get mad. That's funny. That's why I don't do it very often, obviously. Yeah. On that, what causes a person to become offended? Uh, it tends to happen most when it hits on an insecurity, especially if it's an insecurity that they don't know about. Yeah. Or that they don't acknowledge. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the hardest part. It's you know, a little bit of Dunning-Kruger effect there and a little bit of second order ignorance where it's like, you know, you don't know that you have this problem until the problem arises. You know, you, yeah. you don't know that something bothers you until you blow up at someone about it. Yeah, like uh, open mouth chewing. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't sound that bad until it sounds that bad. <laughs> wow, <laughs> as it were. Uh, offense can come from a feeling of inferiority. Uh, honestly, it's a lot of times overcompensation for that inferiority, whether the person knows about it or not. So it's it's kind of that same sort of thing. They may have this insecurity or inferiority feeling, and overcompensate and then someone says something or does something that challenges their self view or their overcompensation and points out their inferiority and that like, or, or their lack of superiority. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a coworker and she knew this about herself. So like, but it was something that she had grown into, but like her biggest thing was, when she told a story, she had this like insecurity that like her storytelling wasn't good enough. So if she told a story and then you came back with a somewhat of a one up story, it really bothered her. And that was a problem because when for me, you tell a story, my way of saying, Hey, I heard like responding to it is to tell another story. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I had a similar situation where this happened and like, that's how I connect and understand. And so like we, we actually sat down one time cause she was like, look, this really bothers me. And I was like, okay, I will like make an effort not to do that. But understand when I, if I slip up, when I do, it's not because I'm trying to one up you. It is literally because that's you know, how you relate. That's how I relate. And like that, that was one of those things where she noticed she was getting offended and was like, Hey, I don't think he's trying to do this. Let's talk it about. And we'll get into that when we talk about being unoffendable, actually. <laughs> yeah, I had, an, I had an aunt like that, that would, but she did intend to one-up you on, on stuff. And so I think I'd had sinus surgery and I was talking to my grandparents about it. And my aunt was in the room and, you know, my dad's like, you need to 
stop this conversation because pretty soon she's going to tell you that she's had prostate cancer twice or something. Cause she's just always a one up. I think for a lot of people, it is a way to relate, but there's just some, I, I get how it offends, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of offended, we're going to now talk about some signs that you are easily offended. And the first one is that your insecurities dominate your life. We talked about, you know, insecurities a little bit earlier, but you know, with this, like, this is where that is the, the main driving point for you are your insecurities, whether you know about them or not, that's what drives you. Yeah. So if you're, you know, insulting others and pointing out their flaws a lot, uh, as a way of feeling better about yourself, that that's a bit of a sign, I guess is the best way to put that. You know, not being able to accept criticism or even like consider the concept that you might be wrong about something. I mean, that's really hard to do in development because so much of what we do is, you know, fail and fix, fail and fix, fail and fix. You know, you, you build something, it fails, you fix it, it fails, you fix it until you figure out how to make it work. <laughs> so that it can fail at scale. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the meme, the guy sitting there standing at the computer or staring at the computer. He's like, code's not working. Why? And then like the frame below, same, same image code is working. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you did have another one under here. Um, that, you know, it was a discussion point type thing, but, uh, this was one that I had a lot of trouble with when I was younger is needing validation from other people. Yeah, I, I get that. That's something that a lot of people have when they're younger and they grow out of. It becomes an issue when you don't grow out of it, really. Yeah, because like, you know, you do something and then you look at an authority figure to see how they took it or you look at somebody you want to impress and see how they took it. And I think one thing that happens to people over time as they get older is they look at those other people and they realize those people were never looking at them. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So the next sign, you are easily offended. I, I want to do like the Jeff Foxworthy, here's your sign thing. If I had thought about that ahead of time, I would have put that, put that bit into this. Uh, but uh, yeah. Is you are constantly complaining about something. You know, this is, you know, you're... All the time, it's one thing after another. You're constantly has something to complain about. That's almost everything you say is a complaint. Yeah, uh, you know, and it isn't just having a bad day. It's a little bit more complex than that. It's it's the perseveration on it. I guess is probably the the best way to put it. It's like I complain because I get attention for complaining, and I don't know how to get attention without it. Yeah, everybody has bad days. It's when it becomes like overly like when that becomes an issue and it's a major part of your your conversations is when this this starts to show signs of being easily offendable or easily offended. Um yeah, and that's not to say, you know, sometimes people like legitimately do have more bad than good in their life or they're, they're just in a bad situation. Of course, I will say that those tend to be the people that are easily offended because they're in a bad situation. I mean, it, those two things go together. The next sign that you are easily offended is that you see yourself 
as the victim. Basically, you're never at fault for anything that goes wrong in your life. You, it's always someone else's fault. Someone caused you to do this. They, you know, you're running late for work because not because you overslept or not because you left late because you decided to stop for coffee. You're running late because there's too many people on the road or because that idiot in front of you wouldn't speed up uh, and it caused you to get stuck at the light. You know, it's always someone else's fault when something happens to you. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with my boss today about that. And we were talking about a situation you know, in the work environment. And one of the things I said to him is, is like, I'm not going to accept that it's this other person's fault, even if it is, because that's not useful to me. I don't have a locus yeah. of control over that. Like, I, I can only deal with myself. And so how do I fix this where I can function in this situation. And I realized there was a time that, that I would not have done that, that I would have been very, very mad at this person for not really causing a problem, but for not, uh, not being focused enough, essentially. Yeah. Another aspect of the sort of seeing yourself as a victim is that you'll expect other people to change their behavior, their views, their beliefs, even for you but you're not willing to make any compromise or changes for them. Right. Well, because they're wrong and you're right. That's a, I mean, it, there's some serious ego in there. And, and the other thing is, is people that are easily offended are also extremely disempowered. Like they feel like somebody made me mad. You know, it's like, well, yeah, this may have been hurtful and it may have ticked you off, but like if you're staying mad and you're not shutting that down, that's not the other person. You know, you're, you're letting that happen. So the last sign that we're going to discuss, there's others out there. These were the four that I picked for the episode. The last one that we're going to discuss is that you need constant attention from others. And we've kind of hit on this in a few of the previous points, but this is a big sign. And this is the reason I put it last this is a big sign that you are easily offended, mainly because taking offense, especially easily being offended is a quick and easy way to get attention. Yeah. And it also puts the other person kind of on their back foot, right? Yeah. Like they're off balance because they offended you and they probably didn't mean to social predators are really bad about this, right? Like taking offense so that they can get somebody else backpedaling. And then once somebody backpedals, they'll backpedal wherever you want them to go. Yeah. Um, so last night, I went over to Amanda's and we, we made dinner and watched part of Tangled. Like she was like, put it on a Disney cartoon. So that was the one that popped up first. Uh, <laughs> I was on Disney plus and it just like, that was the next one on the, yeah, that was there. So we watched a little bit of that. And at this point really made me think of the old woman who like trapped Rapunzel in the tower, you know, cause like she would come in and, she would just like take offense to get the attention off of Rapunzel onto her. You know, Rapunzel would be talking about something that she was excited about and it would offend her and that would bring the attention back to her. Um, it's just like, like this, that type of person, just like that, that is who I think of is. <laughs> i tell you what it reminds me of, you know, from like the eighties and nineties, like you saw people that were very, very, allegedly religious 
and they would take offense at everything. And really, like if you look into their lives, they they weren't religious. They were just narcissists. And there was definitely quite a bit of that going on. There's plenty of other examples from today, but I feel like that's a reasonably safe uh, archetypal example is, you know, like uh, the Saturday Night Live church lady. Yeah. I knew some people just like that growing up. Yep. With the same dress. (laughs) (laughs) I might have been related to some of them. Not going to go any further than that. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Anyway. Might (laughs) have. The the thing with the needing attention is it doesn't have to be positive either. It's so long as you're getting attention. The focus is on you. Part of it too, maybe just to fit in. Yeah, because you know, you and I had a group of friends that complained and got offended all the time back in college. And yeah, that was did. the dynamic there. It was you know, and there was just a certain point that you just like look at it and you're like, man, I I don't like who I'm becoming around these people. Uh, yeah, I, that was the thing. Like I, I don't yeah, I, I actually did with them and another group of friends. I stepped away from the group because I'm like, I don't like who I'm becoming. But with that group, when we started, like they were going to all all these events and stuff and it was fun. And I didn't notice it. Neither did you. We didn't notice it at first, but we kept noticing, hey, why did why isn't he hanging out with us anymore? And like we started seeing some of our more healthier friends uh, yeah, dropping out off. of the group. And then it kind of came to a head towards the end of sophomore year, I think. Sophomore year for me. Your junior year, yeah. And it was just like, all right. So after that, we just, you know, we maintained friendship with them, but we didn't hang out with them. Don't be offended by an advertisement in the middle of the episode. It could end up saving you lots of money and headaches. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, and just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you not only establish a real plan, but on taking action on that plan so that you can live your best life. Investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances with the help of Level Up. The compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. So you think of it as an investment in your ability to invest. Yeah. And the best part about it is Lucas is not a salesman. He is a fiduciary for his clients. And what that means is he he is required to do what is best for you and for your financial situation. And if you want to know more, there's a lot of resources and stuff um, at levelupfinancialplanning.com. He's got a bunch of material on the site that will help you uh, learn more about the services he offers and you know just the basics of what you need to know. So guys, now we're going to get into understanding what it means to be unoffendable and talk about being unoffendable throughout the rest of the episode. So first off, we're, we're going to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be unoffendable? Now, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, unoffendable means incapable of being offended or unlikely to take offense. I'm offended that you use the Oxford instead of Webster's. Uh, Webster's didn't really have a definition for unoffendable. I'm not really offended by that. I had to think quite a bit to come up with the name of another dictionary for that joke, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Being unoffendable means not 
taking things, including insults, as an attack on you as a person, but instead a sign that the offender needs help in some area. Yeah. Or that they don't agree with a thought or belief that you have. It's pretty hard to work in medicine or psych, especially addiction psych, and be easily offended. Because, I mean, I remember working... Try working with truck drivers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just remember working on the addiction unit, and you couldn't take offense because, you know, most of these people who are insulting you, it was a dual diagnosis unit, so they may have addiction issues and psychological issues. And you're like, they're not... Like, yeah, they're trying to hurt your feelings, but it's coming from, like, a problem that they have. And you're there to help them with that problem. So you can't take that as an, as offensive because you're not like, they're not attacking you. They're like, they're attacking your ideas and they're doing it to try to rile you up so that, so you, that they're right. <laughs> yeah. So you don't deal with the issues that they're having. And that's not why they're there. They're there to deal with their issues. Um, now, I do want to ask, since we're doing the whole discussion thing, how do you contrast that kind of offense versus, hey, this person's actually trying to harm me? And how do you know where that line is? Um, that's, a, that's a good question, because, uh, well, when, you're, when you are unoffendable, and we'll get into this and we talk about like some of the traits of being unoffendable, when you are unoffendable, psychological abuse doesn't really work so well on you you're you're very strong like you have a very strong sense of self and so it it doesn't come across as that you can you can see it well it basically you see it as an attack on a thought or attack on a view or a belief and not an attack on you as a person right i, I guess i was thinking more along the lines of a lot of times there will be verbal stuff that somebody does because that's their way of ginning themselves up to, to escalating, mm -hmm. um, you know, either past verbal, like they're going to try to, you know, destroy your job, destroy your quality of life, you know, hurt you physically, those kind of things. Because I know we don't want to push, you know, sitting there waiting for that, but I'm not sure exactly how I would express the difference as I understand it. Like I can see it and then be like, Hey, this person, you know, this isn't just a difference of opinion. This person's, hostile yeah well, we'll we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about what unoffendable is not in the next point um actually let's do that let's just go ahead and move on into that so like let's talk about what unoffendable does not mean it is possible to find something disturbing or offensive and not be offended by it offended and offensive are different and you know that one thing i've seen a lot of people do <laughs> Uh, over the years is do something that is, you know, really, really out of line, disgusting, uh, obnoxious, you know, disruptive to other people. And then, you know, if you're irritated by it because it's actually doing damage to you, then their thing is, is, well, why are you, you know, being so easily offended? And that's, there's a certain point where the line is crossed where it's not about being offended. It's more about, Hey, I, I respect my body and myself and my, quality of life enough not to put up with this behavior pattern. Yeah. And, and that is, that is again, not being offended. That is standing up for yourself or for what you believe in. Like 
unoffendable doesn't mean you don't stand up for what's right. You don't you don't walk away from a bad situation or you don't stand up for someone who is being mistreated. Right. You know, it's more of a unoffendable is a choice in how you respond to things. It's it's a choice to make a response and not have an emotional reaction. reaction. Yeah, it's a tactic. Yeah. Essentially. Well, tactic or you know, strategy. It's a tactic that bleeds into strategy like they all do. It's it's also about like it's about recognizing that a person is doing what you're talking about and being undefendable is going, hey, you know, you're trying to rile me up because so that I'll do this or, you know, when someone says that going. No, I'm not offended. That was really gross and I don't want to be a part of it. That doesn't mean I'm offended. That just means I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to keep the show PG here. But well, my grandmother would take her false teeth out at Thanksgiving dinner and mess with them. Yeah. It's like, I'm not offended. That's just disgusting. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good example. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another one, another one would be uh, smoking. That's a, that's a really good one because some people get really offended uh, around like because of smokers. And you know, like you and I, we have friends who smoke. We're not going to let them smoke in our houses or our cars. But, you know, we're not going to get all mad at them if because, you know, they are step outside to smoke a cigarette. Right. You know, and it's it's that that difference. Or if I we also have friends with very, very different like uh vocabulary (laughs) political and religious beliefs than we have. And without saying what ours are, well, I mean, you guys kind of know my religious side, but you know, without saying what ours are, we can still be friends with people who like think we are absolutely wrong because we're able to recognize, Hey, when they say something is wrong, they're not attacking me. They're attacking the idea. They're attacking the belief. And I am not the same as the belief. I am a person who has the belief. I'm a person who has the thought, but that does not mean that the thought is me. Plus those people have the best jokes about your side. (laughs) You know, like you're not going to get good jokes about people like you from people like you. (laughs) You Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what's going on inside a person who is unoffendable? We talked about what was going on inside of a person who was easily offended. So what's going on inside someone who is unoffendable? Well, it's a thought process, right? Their their loop for handling these events looks different than yours. It's got different if statements in it. Not if I'm offended, <laughs> then, you know, retaliate. It's if they said something that is offensive, then ask why. There's essentially Mine, a callback function, Right. Go, Mine has switch case on? statements. So, you know. Yours says go-tos, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in a... You, you put Beej in, in a conversation full of people, and he is like the first squirrel to find a forest full of acres. He's all over the place. <laughs> so true. I've, I've gotten a lot better. Um, oh, my goodness. So, so you're like the second squirrel now. Really, really quickly, when I when I have to be focused, I can I can be focused like on the podcast and stuff. Um, I was trying to explain to Amanda, like I my instructor for 
the class I'm taking. He's really brilliant and he's great to interact with one-on-one. Not the best in front of a group because he is very much like me all over the place. And he hasn't quite gotten to the point of staying on topic and he doesn't, it's live. So he can't go edit all that out. Like I used to do for the podcast. There's a reason I became the editor. It's because I was the one who was going off topic most back in the day. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how it switched, but yeah. <laughs> the thing about, an unoffendable person is that they make the choice to set aside their emotional reaction for a more reasoned response. And that takes discipline and self-control. Yeah. Well, and it also takes uh, being able to recognize when they're having an emotional reaction. Yeah. Um, Which is pretty much the tricky part, right? Because like, it's very easy for somebody to have just an absolutely explosive reaction and think that that's the reaction that they should be having. And, you know, and it's just completely proper and right. And how dare you think I'm being overly emotional because, you know, you took my parking spot at Walmart and I decided to beat your car with a ball bat. Isn't that what everybody does? Maybe everybody there around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is true. People like that tend to cluster. But, you know, one thing is not being able to recognize the emotional state that you're in as an emotional state and not reality. Yeah. All right, so since we're talking about what's going on inside a person who is undefendable, our final section for this episode is traits of an unoffendable person. So what are the things that most unoffendable people have in common? What are the things that you can strive for when you're wanting to be this unoffendable person? And the first one is that the unoffendable person lives in forgiveness. Right. And forgiveness is not a town in Mississippi. It's actually the act of forgiving other people. If you, you actually look that up or do you know that? I just made that up. But it, it's okay. almost certain. <laughs> There's a lot to forgive in Mississippi. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> hey, I used to live there. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we rag on Mississippi and Tennessee because... They keep us from the bottom of the rankings a lot of times <laughs> and vice versa. Um, you know, forgiveness is necessary for relationships to maintain themselves because the natural entropy of a human relationship is to eventually get offended at somebody and not have anything to do with them anymore. And you run out of people eventually doing that. Yeah. You know, it, it's for some people, it's easy to just drop them and move on. But for the unoffendable person, their focus is on maintaining relationships. Right. Because they know the value of that. Maintaining them until they realize, hey, this is not a healthy relationship. I mean, you and I have had to do that. Yeah, quite a few times and a few times here recently, even. Yeah. So it's a powerful thing, forgiveness. It's moving on and letting go of past insults and offenses. But that doesn't always mean letting abusive or harmful people stay in your life. Yeah. And I, I would almost say too, a lot of times when people say, you know, forgive and forget there's, it's very hard for somebody that's actually been victimized, not offended, but like seriously hurt by somebody. It's, I don't know that it's necessarily appropriate to tell that person to forgive. Like it's great if they can get there, but like, I can't tell them to. 
Yeah, they have to make that choice. Forgiveness right. is a choice. But like I mean, putting a pressure on them, even. Oh, no, yeah. No, that's, again, that is that is their choice for them to to get to. You know, part of the Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, those groups, is seeking forgiveness. Right. For people. And another part is forgiving that's that's a healing thing. It's it's part of the healing process is to forgive. Now, you can't force healing. You can't force forgiveness. Like it's it's something that you work towards. You I I slightly disagree with you there because I think you should encourage people to get to that yeah, point. I'm okay with encouraging. Yeah. Um it's more like you know, like the thing that you'll see where somebody oh this is stuff I, I dealt with in school. Like a bully beats the crap out of you, slams you into the locker three or four times you know, tears up your stuff. And then the teacher's like, oh, you need to forgive them. You should forgive them. And they're like browbeating you. And it's like, that's not what forgiveness is. You just want compliance. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I kind of see what you're saying there. Yeah. And they get offended because you don't forgive, which is, yeah. says something <laughs> about the whole dynamic, but. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just like, I need some time here. Give me, give yeah. me a little And I, I just wanted to kind of put that there so that yeah. people see that we're not telling you to do that because it's kind of bad. The thing with forgiveness is it takes humility and it shows that you are willing to change. And we talked earlier about the, uh, the easily offended person will not be willing to change. They'll expect others to change for them. Living in forgiveness means that you are willing to make those changes. It's not just forgiving other people, but it's seeking forgiveness as well. And really, both those things have to be there. Otherwise, yeah. you're very, very unbalanced. If you forgive all the time and you don't, like, if you can't get the other side of that, you will be dysfunctional, essentially. You'll be a doormat if you only forgive and don't expect to be forgiven. So the next trait of the, un almost of the unforgivable, I'm thinking of a Metallica song, the next trait of the unoffendable person is that they are comfortable with their own self and their insecurities. Yeah, so offense will stem from unrecognized or misunderstood insecurities, especially when the perceived insult is related to that insecurity. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the understanding offense and what it means to be offended. The unoffendable person is still going to have insecurities. Like, You'll work on one insecurity and then you find another one and, you know, you work on that one. I think it'd be only the perfect person who would not have insecurities. The thing about the unoffendable person, though, is they're able to separate their insecurities and themselves from the offense, like the what the offending person or the offending incident and see it as something not related to them. Right. And, and also, you know, honestly looking at it and going, Hey, this really, this hit me harder than I would have thought it would. Why is that? Um, you know, at, at that point, the, the offense is now a strength, right? Because you're, you know, we, we have the episode on anti-fragile. This is an anti-fragile emotional pattern. Yeah. That'll be coming out next week. Okay. I didn't know when it came out. I'm like, I'm time traveling. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I started I've, talking and I was like, uh, is it previous? Because we recorded it before, but it, you know, it's, 
Uh, it's the whole Spaceballs thing. When was that? Just now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, um, that's, that's time. It's just a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. It keeps slipping into the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Hey, alrighty then. Um, if my nerdy reference hasn't offended you, Will's probably has. One of us will get you. <laughs> that's what we're here um, for. Yeah, we're making you stronger. <laughs> um, the next trait is that the unoffendable person doesn't expect others to live up to their expectations. Yeah, this is a big one, um, especially, I don't know, it seems like it to me that it strikes people that are maybe not particularly socially adjusted. Yeah. At least that's where I see the most profound thing. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, I, I said, yeah. And I realized that like, cause I've got some allergies going on. It came out very high pitched. Oh, okay. I thought you said somebody's name and I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs> it's like, for example, our friend, <laughs> no. that would be really awkward. <laughs> they might take offense. <laughs> they just might. Yeah. No, I would not do that. It's <laughs> like, all right, beach. It's a, a bold new play. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, like you'll see this with people and they're, you know, one thing I've, I've seen this and I've, I've done this in dating relationships is you expect something from somebody. You never say it. And then you're mad when they don't live up to whatever that is. I remember sounds ominous. I, I remember the first time I got really got my heart broken. You remember that girl? <laughs> anyway, um, is that the one I offended on Facebook. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, yes, that was yeah. fun. Uh, you would think so. Anyway, uh, so there there were two things. Uh, one, one of my friends was like, was like, yeah, it was kind of weird. He's like, you moved back into town, and it's like you just decided. No, I've never been in love before. I think I'm going to fall in love with the next girl I date. Yeah. (laughs) So there was that. And then when I was talking to, it was our friend guy who I was talking to, who told me this, this is really good advice. I got a lot of really good stuff from him, but uh, he was like, the reason the relationship didn't work out. And he said, you know, I, I saw it coming, but there's nothing like any of us could do about it. But uh, he said, you see the potential in people and like she wasn't living up to that potential and it scared her because you were expecting her to. And that's, that's something I had to learn about myself to not do that, to not expect that out of people. Yeah. It's really easy to make somebody into something they're not. I mean, we've even run into this with people that know us or know of us. And they sit down and they think that we're going to be like super cool. And we're just kind of dorks a lot of the time, you know, (laughs) and you're, you know, you're expecting it's, it's very easy to put expectations on somebody that they're not aware of and that that's not who they are. Yeah. And then be mad at them for not hitting it. So the next trait is that they do not need validation from others to feel good about themselves. Yeah. When you need approval from other people, you know, first of all, it's a sign that you're going to be really unhappy because most people aren't even paying attention. And the people that are paying attention, a lot of them are the kind of people who have, you know, decided that you're one thing. And if you do something different, they're going to be offended. 
So yeah, you've got to, it's got to be internal. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be really, really easy to offend. Unoffendable people don't compare themselves with others. Uh, honestly, they, they don't hide their mistakes. They show them out in the open because they see failure and insult as a way to know where they need to improve. Yeah. And, and it's also, I, I think the other thing that happens with that is they realize how much they've learned by observing other people's mistakes. Yeah, that's And true. so they're like, Hey, I want to provide this value for the people around me. Like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're just kind of like, yeah, we, you know, I screwed up in this way at work is because the listeners find it valuable. Yeah. We we've had people tell us, they're like, I'm so glad you, you said that because I was going down that way, that path and was able to not make the same mistake. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we've had people say, I almost made that mistake, but then I heard your episode and I didn't. And it's like, that's or, so cool. or sending us a, a fix for our mistake. <laughs> yeah. That's we've got <laughs> that that a couple that, that really helped a lot. Yeah. Well. So the final trait that we have for the episode, and this is sort of the key to being unoffendable, sort of the linchpin of this whole thing as the unoffendable person has a bigger purpose to their life. They understand the why behind their actions. Right. So like maybe a moral code, maybe a you know lifetime goal, maybe a, hey, I just, I just want to treat people better. And so I'm not going to engage in certain behaviors or I think that some things are damaging societally. You know, that's a, that's a why. So for instance, you'll see people that, um, you know, get into like a, a mindset on, on certain issues. Yeah. You know, we'll give the example, right? Everybody has met a vegan who couldn't get along with other people, right? You've probably met 15 of them that could, and that you didn't know they were vegan because they're, they're making their decisions yeah. because of what they want to do and who they want to be versus trying to push that decision out on other people. And the second class of people, like it works well for them. Yeah. For example, we recently found out a friend of ours is vegan and we've known him for a little while now. And it was like, we didn't even know that's yeah. new. <laughs> I've had a back and forth email discussion with him about food. Yeah. And just di didn't know until it like it came up, not from him in conversation. Yeah. You know, and then you have the other people who, you know, like the worst, I, I just feel for them. They're the vegan CrossFitters because they walk into a room and they don't know what to tell you about first. Well, then, you know, they could, there's several other things they could be too. <laughs> I, I yeah, kept it with those two for a reason. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, you know, like speaking of the CrossFitters, right? Like, and that's a perfect example because some of those hardcore CrossFitters, like it's just because that's what they want to do and they want to make their themselves healthy because, you know, they care about their family and all this other stuff. And like, it, it's interesting how that shift in perspective changes because you can look at those people and go, you know what? I'll go work out with you. I'm going to die, but I think I'll enjoy working out with you. <laughs> and you know, you could be an inspiration to other people because it's about why it's not yeah. about you. It's a different that's, letter. As it was. That's really Sesame street. I'm sorry. No, that's good. That's that's really good. I did not think about that, but yeah, that is the the key here. Like everything we've talked about this entire episode, the key is it's a 
the key to being unoffendable is make it about the why and not about the you. You know, I understand that your core values, they they may be yours, but they're not who you are. And so an attack on them is not an attack on you. Understand what your bigger purpose is. Your bigger purpose may be, you know, starting a business. It may be having a podcast. It may you know, like it could be any of a number of things. But understanding your why is going to help you be a better you. <laughs> on that guys being unoffendable doesn't mean that you don't stand against something that's wrong nor that you have to accept and be friends with people who you find disagreeable or offensive what it does mean though is that you value yourself and your relationships more than a feeling of satisfaction at being right Throughout this episode, we've talked about what it means to be offended and what it means to not be offended. Use the information presented here to look at yourself and ask if you are too easily offended. Think about times when you've been offended by something or someone and ask yourself, why did that particular event cause me so much pain that I was offended? Doing this will start you on your journey toward being unoffendable. That's pretty much all we've got. Uh, before we wrap it up, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, <laughs> it's interesting how you phrased that last sentence um, about your journey towards being unoffendable. Because I do think that if you're on a path of personal growth, one thing that you might want to actually do is try to get out there and bump against the things that make you uncomfortable on purpose. Um, because it will push you past your boundaries. So like if if you're painfully shy, maybe start doing a podcast, maybe start public speaking, <laughs> right? Like, because I'm not now. Um, and I, I used to be, I would be not necessarily offended, but I was terrified of what would happen. Yeah. And, you know, mostly, yeah, it's not been bad. There's been the occasional little <laughs> rough bit, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's not. And look at your weak spots, your insecurities, the places you take offense as opportunities. Because the things that bother you the most, a lot of times you'll get in there and you'll start to figure out the why. You know, why Why was I shy? You know, crap, that was awful. Well, maybe I was shy because I should be shy because that'll start me out to learning how to not be shy and maybe I can help somebody else. Those are the biggest opportunities for growth that you'll get. That's pretty much all I got. Guys, make sure to check out the Aftercast, which this one will be free on Patreon for this special episode, where we're going to talk about tips for becoming unoffendable. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.